Welcome to another edition of Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast. This is a bi-weekly show in which we talk all about the solo careers of the Beatles. Sometimes we do delve into the Beatle years as a group. It all depends upon what our topic is in each show. But uh, I'm Ken Michaels. I'm one of the four regular co-hosts of the program. You might know me from my syndicated Beatles radio program called Every Little Thing, which I've been doing now for almost 38 years on the radio. Plus, um, I have a Beatles podcast called Things We Said Today that you might know me for. That's been on the air since, uh, I believe, 2011. And also, I have my Beatles-centric website, KenMichaelsRadio.com. And I'm being joined by my three regulars, my best friends and colleagues on this subject. First of all, she is the grand dam in the Beatle world. <laughs> we call her the queen. She's the queen of many things, but she's the queen of Beatles and social media. That is our own kiddo tool, also author of songs we were singing, guided tours to the Beatles' lesser-known tracks, and Michael Jackson FAQ. Hello, Kit. Hello, Ken. That is a, that's a heck of an introduction. I love it. I want you to, to come around with me yeah. you know, everywhere I speak and, and give me a great introduction like that. That's awesome, the ground down. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you have a lot to live up to. Now, oh, yeah. No, no pressure at all. So, <laughs> hey, Ken, Tom, and Joe. Hello. Good to see you. And hi, everybody. Also, we have uh, a man who's been on uh, the internet for quite a while with his own YouTube channel. He's known as Mean Mr. Mayo, does a lot of work on the Beatles, and I'm starting to watch a lot of his older programs, <laughs> getting to see how he's aged, just slightly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. In the last few years. <laughs> and uh, we call him effectually by his real name, Joe, Mean Mr. Mayo. Hello, hello. Hello, Ken. Thank you very much. Everybody in Coast, <laughs> looking forward to this album, boy, today. I tell you, uh, it's a pleasure to part? be here. You're dressed yes, in the park? Yes. Yeah. I'm getting into the feel of it. Yes. Okay. There's no palm trees behind you, though. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Eventually, if I had any more room left, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Joe is also uh, one of his favorite songs is "Sunglasses at Night" from Corey Hart. <laughs> because of that reason, that's why he's wearing it. Yeah. Right. That's it. So we can have that Joe Cool look too. Yeah, I can't, I can't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see a thing. All right, that's it. Yep. Right, next. <laughs> we'll look better yeah. with the sunglasses, though. 
I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we also have Tom Hunyadi, who's the co-host of Two Legs, a solo Paul McCartney podcast that he co-hosts with Andy Nichols. Show keeps getting better and better. Hello, Tom. How are you? Thank you, Ken. Thank you, uh, everybody. And uh, how you all doing, Kit? Uh, Tom, Mayo, how you doing? Ken? Really looking forward to uh, talking about this topic. Uh, I'm, you know, and just let me say, I, I'm really proud of of our listeners. Uh, I mean, I really am surprised how enthusiastic a lot of you are about about this topic tonight, and I really appreciate you guys taking the time to, uh, you know, to reach out and and, and write about it here. So uh, hopefully, you guys can keep keep those comments coming tonight. Here, yeah. here. And not only that, when we give a, a sneak preview of what the show's about a few days before that, well, you already have comments from people. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a great feeling to know how yeah. interested you are in this particular topic, which tonight happens to be this album right here. We're all going to blind you with it. Yeah. All at once. <laughs> and that's go. George Harrison's George Harrison's Gone Tropo album. Which Egypt Station. Uh, <laughs> oh no! You know we've got it. We've got to go back to Egypt Station. Remember, we promised a year later yeah. we we're gonna That's review true. it again. Um, Color scheme. Yep. Very nice. Oh, I see why you're saying that now. That's a lot of people. Yeah. 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 A happy coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this album came out in November of 1982. Yep. We're going to be talking about it. How <laughs> you guys feel about the album, and everyone watching this program as well. But as you excuse me, I, I, I must ex I must interrupt you. I forgot to say, Kit, I love that hat. I think that's oh. a really classy touch, and uh, it fits the mood. And my hat goes off to you. Oh, <laughs> all right. Yep. These guys are prepared. We, you, you know, you know job, how we are guys. in the show, guys. We are committed. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. And Sorry. as you can tell, I mean, with the tropical theme, my room looks like a, a tornado hit it. So I was. <laughs> You know, keeping with the theme. Hurricane, right here hurricane. <laughs> Tornado, monsoon. Whatever. <laughs> so we have the latest in Beatle news to get to. It is rather thin this time out. But ironically, the first two news items are about another Harrison, and that's mm. Danny. There is a tribute single that was released recently for Tom Petty. You guys know about this? It's called For Real. It has Danny Harrison on it with uh, Willie Nelson and his two sons, Lucas and Micah. Yep. Jacob Dylan is on it and Amos Lee. Mm -hmm. And this song called For Real was released on Dark Horse Records. <laughs> um, it's say. available. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping it alive. It's, yep. um, it's available digitally. The song itself is actually a Tom Petty song. And mm. he recorded it in the year 2000. But he didn't release it until it came out posthumously last year in March on a 38-song compilation spanning uh, Tom's entire career called The Best of Everything. Really good song you should check out, For Real, it's called. All right? Yep. Also, Danny Harrison will be taking part in uh, one... He'll be one of several artists commemorating the life of legendary sitar virtuoso Ravi Shankar. And this year marks 100 years since his birth oh. in April of 1920. The centennial concerts will feature members of Ravi Shankar, like Anushka Shankar and Nora Jones, along with Philip Glass and an orchestra of Ravi's disciples. Danny Harrison will be performing at two shows 
at San Diego Civic Center on May 16th and a benefit for the Shankar Foundation and at the Walt Disney Concert Hall in Los Angeles on May 19th. It's kind of interesting. I wonder what Danny will do. Mm, yeah. You know, will he play Probably guitar to play guitar to others playing sitar maybe? But that's what you know, I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. really bummed out because when I moved to or when my wife and I moved to Arizona 10 years ago, um he was scheduled to come out here to perform with his daughter and we got tickets and we were all excited. And a couple of days before the show, he ended up canceling. He got sick and we, you know, uh, and then he, he never rescheduled because, you know, his health was on the decline back then. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was really bummed that we never got to see him live. Hmm. Oh, I've seen most of the Beatles songs. I haven't seen Danny yet though. Well, I'm talking about uh, Rabbi, Rabbi. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Okay, um, other news. The new issue of Guitar Player is out with George Harrison on the front cover, uh, partly due to this year marking the 50th anniversary of his classic album, All Things Must Pass. According to the front cover, the issue discusses how the Quiet Beetle became a guitar legend. Also, this issue concerns his iconic guitars and his classic songs. Mm -hmm. And you probably heard about this, but according to Pitchfork, uh, the Beatles' Abbey Road album was the best-selling vinyl album of the past decade, wow. selling 558,000 units, and Sgt. Pepper ranked number seven with 313,000 units. And that's just vinyl, right? Yep, vinyl alone. Okay. Yes. Vinyl alone, okay. If you that's just in the, the US, yeah, the US, yeah. right, only. Yeah, only in yeah. the US. Um, anytime I've looked at the vinyl charts and Billboard, Abbey Road is almost always there. Mm, yeah. yeah, it's always yeah. the album of choice for Beatles yeah. fans when it comes to vinyl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Paul McCartney, his wife Nancy, and Kathy Hochul, the Lieutenant Governor of New York, were together at an Every Town for Gun Safety event in New York City on January the 9th. Every Town for Gun Safety is a movement of Americans working together to end gun violence and build safer communities. Very nice that he's doing that. The handwritten mm -hmm. lyrics for While My Guitar Gently Weeps is up for auction. The asking price is $195,000. The lyrics were scrawled on the back of a studio recording sheet. George Harrison's handwriting bookends the lyrics written in blue pen with the bottom of the page, including the non-used line, while I'm sitting here doing nothing but aging, still my guitar, then it says GW. The rest of the lyrics were actually penned by Ringo Starr's handwriting, complete with misspellings. Hmm. <laughs> and the company selling this is called Moments in Time. If you're interested, you can visit their website, which is momentsintime.com. Interesting. All I right. Wonder they, I wonder how they come up with the prices for these things. You know, I I don't know. <laughs> sometimes yeah. they meet them. Sometimes they go way over them. Right. So yeah. hmm. that's true. Um, also, we have news of several new books coming out on John Lennon. There's one called "In Lennon's Garden: An Intimate Portrait of John's Final Years." That'll be coming out May 28th by Michael Tree, that's his nickname, Medeiros, mm -hmm. John and Yoko's former gardener, whom they hired in 1977. He shares his honest and insightful recollections of the times he spent with John during the last years of his life, and Michael observed John's parenting skills firsthand. Oh. As was with John, uh, he was also with John when they sailed to Bermuda. It's described as a heartfelt tribute to John that also ponders the artist's evolution and insecurities. All right. 
Uh, again, that's called In Lennon's Garden, an intimate portrait of John's final years coming out in May. Another new book coming out from Ken Womack. It's called <laughs> John Lennon 1980, The Final Days. That will be released October 8th of 2020. I think we should have a full disclosure here. Ken never leaves his computer. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. That's all he does all day yep. long. He types away. He just keeps writing Beatle books. You know, <laughs> you know, last episode I said that maybe he mastered time travel or whatnot, but I'm starting to think maybe he mastered cloning because, you know, it's just <laughs> almost seems impossible how much that he's getting done. I know. know. One for one person. Uh, I'm I sure think, he's got I a listener or two, but, uh, but man. I, I think sleep is overrated. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, he probably feels that way too. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably in a race with Bruce Spicer for the most people mm -hmm. books. I think. Yeah, cool. I don't know, and hopefully we'll get him on this show to Absolutely. talk about Solid State. That'll be one of his old books by the time we get yeah. uh, him on the it's, show. Um, anyway, <laughs> is Spicer doing a Let It Be book like he's been doing with the last two, like the last with uh, Abbey Road, White Album, and uh, I haven't heard yet. Pepper? It oh, wouldn't surprise me. You know? Right, yeah, right. Okay. And there's another John book coming out in November, Hold On World, John Lennon and Yoko Ono's Plastic Ono Band, 50 Years On by John Cruth, and that's coming out November the 15th this year. You can just tell it's the 80th year of his birth. It's 40 years yeah, since his passing, yeah. so there'll be a lot of stuff coming out on John. And finally, we send out happy birthday wishes to Eric Stewart, known mm -hmm. for his years in the Mindbenders and 10CC. And his excellent songwriting with Paul McCartney on Press to Play. And he turns 75 years old. Happy birthday, wow. Eric. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy Absolutely. birthday. Mm. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta get in there. Have you heard, anybody heard yet about a physical release for the um, the handmade, uh, the George Harrison's handmade uh, movies uh, documentary? Oh. Uh, an accidental studio. Yeah, an accidental studio. Has yeah. there, uh, Not in the U.S. No? Okay. There was some kind of DVD release in England, okay. but nothing over here. Gotcha. You know, I'd love to see it. In fact, yeah, I checked okay. on YouTube just to see if there's anything from it that's right. posted there. I haven't seen a thing. I'd love to, trailer. to yeah. see that. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I'll, I'll keep looking on Amazon and uh, Netflix from time to time to see if it's on there and it still hasn't you know, found its way in streaming over here yet. Yeah, be nice to have on PBS stations. Mm -hmm, sure, think. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so our topic for our show tonight is George Harrison's album Gontrapo, released back in 1982. This was the last album for George for Warner Brothers to fulfill his contract. It very quietly went out there. <laughs> it had uh, no promotion whatsoever from George, and right. consequently no promotion from the record company, Warner Brothers. And as a result, it had the worst performance of any George Harrison album since Electronic Sound on the charts. And it only went as high as, I think it was 108. 108 on the charts. And um, I want to get your, your opinion about this album from the three of you, and then I'll share my own. But do you think that this album deserved that kind of fate? And, uh, of course, in terms of quality, what do you think of the songs on there? Ten songs in total, one of which was a cover yeah. of I Really Love You, which was a song that was done by a group called The Stereos. 
which was a hit in 1961. Miss R&B over here <laughs> you know, knows all about that. The grand dame of R&B too. Yep. So why don't we start with Tom this time? Ooh. Your thoughts about Gontrapo? Yeah, um, I will go off and say that I do not hate this record, but I don't think that it necessarily deserved a lot of the bad criticism that it got um, early on. Um, I think it may have done better with maybe just at least one video or maybe you know, a different single, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of, of, you know, wake up my love being the first single. Um, but, um, I, you know, I got mixed emotions about this record because the first experience I had with this record was with, uh, the best of dark horse. And I was just so anxious to, uh, you know, get this record because I didn't have any of the other stuff because a lot of it was discontinued on CD. Mm. And, um, and I couldn't find it any of them on vinyl um, at the time. So I was looking forward to it too because I really love the songs Faster and this song. And guess what two songs were on that? <laughs> and what did he do? He put three songs from this album on here, which one I absolutely adore, but um, it just, at the, from the start, it kind of you know put a bad taste in my mouth for this album. But later on when I did finally get the album, and um, I, you know, I read a lot of the reviews uh, early on, especially when I started getting into George Harrison's uh, solo career. That uh, it was, they weren't all bad, but you know, some of them were pretty terrible and you know not favorable for this album. And then once I did, you know, finally hear the album, I was pleasantly surprised that it, you know, I don't think it was as bad as a lot of them said, but I also didn't think it was up to the standards of maybe, you know, living in the material world, all things was past, you know, 33 and the third, even the, even the, the, the self-titled album. Um, mm. So um, my, me personally, you know, the album I think is more on the second half of his career rather than the top half, but um, there's some really good stuff. I'm really, really impressed by a lot of the guitar playing on this album. I think George does a lot of great slide guitar, um, especially with, um, you know, that's the way it goes. Um, it is an upbeat album. There is kind of some eeriness uh, on the album on the second half that I really don't care for. Um, you know, circles, you know, um, I, I think it's kind of weird. Um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of how he redid circles, uh, but we can talk about the, you know, the songs, you know, <laughs> later, but, uh, but all in all, like I said, I don't hate the record, um, but I don't necessarily love it. Um, it's got its moments, um, and we'll, we, you know, once we get into you know, so, you know some of the songs, I'll point out some of the stuff that I, that I don't care for and why. It is also kind of a synth-heavy album, then that kind of turned me off on it as well, um, even though there are some nice parts on it. Um, but it's not something that I generally go to when I'm in the mood to listen to George Harrison. Well, a couple things. First of all, you said mm -hmm. you're not crazy about Wake Up My Love. I'd ask you why. Right. And also, what do you have against synthesizers? Um, it, it's just how it's just how it meshed with this album and these songs. I I do generally like the lyrics for for the for this album, but I don't just generally like the production um, on this album and the direction that he went with the arrangements. And I don't necessarily hate synthesizers, but I just don't think they, they always add to to the song itself like um when you so wake up from make up my love for instance okay you get the did it um and i just find it a little irritating and then 
on the third did it did you start hearing the drums and the guitar and i wish that's really how the song started because that to me is what's exciting about the song is the is the guitar work that you hear throughout the song and i think the kind of the synthesizer on that song kind of like you know pushes the guitar work which i think you know george should have maybe pushed those guitars you know on this song a little bit up more than than the synthesizer that you hear on the on that song you don't think that's more of a build-up that was created in the introduction oh, there? i'm sure Whatever. it was i'm yeah. sure it was i just it's for me it just doesn't work for me okay i'd rather, I'd rather have more of a guitar build-up than a synthesizer build-up okay so what would you have chosen as the first single if you didn't that, that's the way it goes really yeah, okay. and it wasn't a single, and I thought that was that, that for me. It's the best song on it, and I wouldn't have chose um, "I Really Love You" as a single either. I probably would have chose. I probably would have chose "Gone Trapo" uh, for a single as well. Um, I just think those two songs set the tone for for this album. And since it didn't get any promotional, you know, help, I think those those are probably the two more exciting songs on the album for me personally. Yeah. Well, as much as I love those songs that you mentioned, that's the way it goes, or Gon Chapo, I can't really see Top 40 Radio playing those songs at the time. Gon Chapo right. would have stood out like a sore thumb oh, compared to everything sure. else on Top 40 Radio then. But, you know, that's yeah. that's pretty much the theme of the song. I mean, that's almost like a Jimmy Buffett-style record True. in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, Buffett was still pretty hot back in the, you know, late 70s, early 80s. I mean, but um, <clears throat> I, I think it would have found some... Airplay. I mean, there was the AM radio was still um, was still there, and then I know um, I think you know actually I think um, that's the way it goes. Would have would have stood out a little bit, um, or it could have. I think it would have done a little better than fifty three, than Wake Up My Love did. Hmm. I think it. Yeah, I think it went to number fifty three on the charts. Okay, Tom Brennan, who who uh, had a he made a comment before that uh, Gontrapo is very uh, underrated, and that it's better than dark horse and extra texture and somewhere in england i i would agree with him on that but he's saying that wake up my love bothers him because the synth riff sounds too much like gloria by laura branigan <laughs> don't, which doesn't bother me because i love that song anyway right. well, then, it, then it is of the day then yeah. yes that's true. <clears throat> you know all this talk about music being dated has no effect <laughs> I don't whatsoever know. on me Right. There's a lot of music out there that you can say is of its time, but I love it just the same. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. early Beatles music to a lot of people sounds dated and it doesn't exactly. change the way I feel about it. Okay. I mean, I noticed that um, one of the comments, Marvin G, I think, was one that said that it was kind of dated, uh, Wake Up My Love. And indeed it is, if you look at it that way. From the, it's from, But what I, I don't understand about it, about the dated argument is that's when it was made. Um, it's going to sound like 1980s, early 80s. Uh, if you hear a 50s doo-wop song, it's going to sound yep. like the 50s. It's right. not going to sound. What, and what do we want? I'm just not speaking for myself here and some people. Do we want stuff that sounds like 2019? Do you really want George Harrison's Gone Trouble to sound like it was, or 20? When's 2020 now? I'm sorry. 2020. <laughs> do we want yeah. it to sound 2020? I don't, but. Uh, okay. Your thoughts, Joe. On well, uh, a lot of my thoughts uh, fall in line with what Tom was saying. I have a lot of similar thoughts. Uh, I uh, remember in 1982, you know, we didn't have the internet and we didn't have uh, a lot of publications, instant gratification where you could really know what the album was going to be, what the cover was going to be. And I remember very vividly 
looking for the album when it came out in, I think, November right, of 82, and going to Record World. Uh-huh, that's uh, where I went. I, I thought, thought so. And I remember, <laughs> it's a vivid memory, looking at that rack. And it used to be a surprise, for those of us who remember, though. You didn't know what it was going to look like, even, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know? Yeah. And you went in there, like, where is it? Where is it? And finally, it took me a while to find it, because George, you know, didn't promote the record. The record company didn't really promote the record. Uh, no fanfare or anything, no hoopla. Right. And then you get to the cover, and he's just a little picture of him in the corner, and his name is small. And that's one thing that I remembered about him. And I guess I'm glad that we're doing this show in 2020, because if we were doing this show in 1982 or 83, I'd have a much different view of it. This is an album that has grown on me hmm. over the decades, and I was pretty harsh to it initially. Having said that, I, I don't think it's among George's best work. Um, I think if I was going to list his albums in order of preference, I would say this is in the bottom tier. What I mean by that is you mentioned the albums I would put, the, the ones you just mentioned, probably be the four of them would be my personal lower tier. And I'm always thinking, well, you know, if I have to just for fun pick what is the least George Harrison album, which one would I pick? And I know it's a Gontropo. It used to be Gontropo for ages. Now I don't know. You know, when I put Dextra Texture, when I put Somewhere in England, uh, yep. you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I really don't know Dark Horse. I, there's moments I love on all of them. So this album has been a grower for me and uh, no longer think it's the worst. But uh, before we get too much into individual songs, I'll say that I, I didn't think that Wake Up My Love is a very good single. But then again, I didn't think that uh, many good choices were here for singles. And I, I, I kind of agree with Tom. I think Gontrapo is, is probably, along with That's the Way It Goes, my two favorite tracks on here. I like That's the Way It Goes, Gontrapo, both of which, by pure coincidence, happened to be featured on Best of Dark Horse mm -hmm. when that uh, compilation came out. Uh, I think they're, they're pretty good. Those are my favorite. But are any of them really singles? Uh, I don't know if they're that strong, you know? Um, but yeah, but that's the thing though. If they weren't that strong, or if he didn't think anything of them, why did he put it on? Put those two songs on Best of Dark Horse. Well, I I, I know. Well, maybe he agrees, or with our opinion, Tom, <laughs> the <Yeah>. two <laughs> our two favorite songs. I think they're the two best songs on there. And I'll also add that back in the day, before it came out, uh, the album, I, I had seen the movie Time Bandits in 1981. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a fun movie. <laughs> and uh, at, at the end, you know, the song Dream Away is featured in the credits. Right. And yeah. it's different. And I think a little better than the Gontrapa one. That's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, from what I remember, I remember yeah. thinking it was a little, a little superior. But uh, in the day, I remember that was the one that I was excited about when I got the album because I liked the movie so much. And to this day, every time I hear Dream Away, it, it brings me back to my own personal nostalgia for that time in my life where I was at, the, my friends, girlfriends, the the uh, movie experience. And I always am right there anytime mm. I hear it, that time band, yeah. this experience. I think that if I didn't really have that experience for that particular song, uh, I don't know if it would mean much to me. Uh, it's hard to say because I have such a, you know, interest in it for that memory. I don't uh -huh. know if I listened to Dream Away, just didn't never knew heard of it before or knew the movie. If if I would get anything out of it, right? Um, not, 
Jeff just makes a good. I mean, I think Dream Away might have been a, a better single, but I mean, it came out the year prior too. We got to remember, it came out in '81. Yeah. The movie came out in one, and you know, there was thought of it being as a single, but I think handmade films refused to um, end up putting it out as a single. I think the Watt was there, but I think back then, in the long run, it was just initially denied to be put out as a single. Mm. Yeah, I don't remember about mm. that. But uh, yeah, but it's kind of interesting how how you and and Tom you kind of lukewarm about the album. What songs have grown on you all these years? Oh, that that's I'm glad you. Well, for me, uh, it's funny. I played this over the years, you know, over and over. But for this particular show, about half a dozen times I've been playing it, and it was growing on me more and more. I got to say, you know, can we talk sometimes about, you know, you can't necessarily make a snap judgment. Sometimes you can, maybe. You, you know you love a song right away, or maybe mm. you don't. But hearing this again, ones that grew up with me, uh, grew, excuse me, grew, uh, grew on me were like uh, Mystical One, yeah, which I think I didn't really, I liked it okay, but I like it a lot more now. And, and uh, let's see. I don't want to. I don't know if you want to go through all the songs now. Uh, stuff like "I Really Love You," yeah, I actually yeah. thought was just a throwaway yeah. at the time. Now I have fun with it, you know. Yeah, and Grease is another. Yeah. Grease is another one I didn't care for at the yeah. beginning because I'm not the mm. biggest instrumental fan. Um, but it has grown on me. I like the instrumentation on that song a lot. Actually, I thought yeah. it was really done, yeah. done very well. Yeah, I could see that being. I was listening to Grease and I was thinking, boy, that, I could see that being like a theme song for a Beatles related show, solo Beatles related <laughs> show, you know, so uh, yeah, I wonder what show, but uh, no, um, we have, we have a good one here. Yeah, but I agree with you, Joe. I, I, I think I really love you um, has grown on me. Um, I thought that was just a silly little, you know, you know, remake of a doo-wop song. Um, I just listened to, the, I, I don't know what's wrong with me sometimes, but I just listened to the original last night. And never listened oh, to it before, and I and it was really cool. I was really happy that he, he stayed pretty faithful to the original, and um, and uh, whatever. And Dream Away, I think, is 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 a really cool song. I think it's more synth heavy now, on because uh, I know he re redid the song for the album, um, and I think it's more synth heavy on on this on Gone Tropical oh. than it was for the uh, for the movie. Yeah, you know, I, I listened on my car a lot on CD, and then I listened uh, to the LP today. And I enjoyed the LP more, if that makes any sense. I mean, sometimes the way songs are situated, or you, you have all on side one, five songs, and you flip it over, take a break, and then side two. I like side one quite a bit. I mean, I, I can listen to all of side one and enjoy it. Uh, side two, for me, personally, a little more spotty here and there. Yeah. But uh, I was surprised the more I was playing it, the more I was like, yeah, you know, this this isn't his worst album. I, gee, I, I don't know, but it's not among my favorites. Let's right now, let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, yeah. But I, pre I I enjoy it more now than I did. Okay. You know, I really love you is kind of interesting in a way because that song, along with um, "Baby Don't Run Away," it's it's interesting because there's a low vocal in there. Yes. Yeah. I was and, ask who was that? <coughs> or who is yeah, it? I could look it up. I don't know. Yeah, because I, I know Billy Preston. I think Billy Preston's on both of those tracks. So um, he's he's only he, on he's on. He on um, maybe don't run maybe away. Don't run away. Right. Yeah. Yes. But I really love you is Bobby King and Pico mm. Pena, right. vocals and backing vocals. But it's nice for George to have his high harmonies blending with these low vocals, and they're right. kind of equal in the balance. So sometimes you might focus more on the low vocals. 
you know, so that was really different for him. It almost felt like less of a George Harrison song because, yeah. you know, the lead vocals weren't really up front and him. It was blended a lot mm -hmm. with the others. Um, Kit, how about you? Well, you know, not to, to repeat all of you, but I, I, I mean, that's pretty much was my experience was first listen, just didn't like it. Now, I think some of it was, is uh, I think you were saying, well, actually, both you and uh, Joe and, and Tom were saying this, that, you know, I think reading prior reviews initially colored my opinion of it, you know, and I think I found uh, a, a cassette copy of Gontrapo in the cutout bin. And I mean, that's, that's what it was. I mean, you know, back, uh, back in probably, I probably got it in like the mid eighties or so. And, um, you know, and it was widely thought of as his worst album. And I admit, I'm, I'm sorry, we're all beating up on wake up my love. I know a lot of, a lot of the commenters here really like that song, but when I heard the synthesizers, now I'm an eighties kid. You know, I would, Ken, we've talked mm, about this. I'm an yeah. 80s kid. I, I mean, I don't really have a problem with synthesizers if they're used well. To me, this just sounded forced in the song, you know, kind of like he was trying to be contemporary. Okay, but yeah, it see. just didn't quite work um, in, in that song in particular. And so as soon as I heard that, I was just kind of like, okay, you know, eh, I don't like this. Well, over the years, you know, I think time has been much kinder to it and i just before i get into my personal thoughts i just wanted to mention this reading off my ipad here i looked up some of the original reviews and it's amazing how i mean some of them were really vicious i mean they were people <laughs> reviewers hated this album um this one was from musician magazine uh from january of 83 um and at first, he, he the uh, reviewer, uh, Roy Traken. Okay, All right, never mind. Oh, yeah, right. uh, compares this album in a way to the Plastic Ono Band album, which meaning, mm. I guess, that, you know, George was trying to reveal another side of himself. But it says, trouble is, if you scratch George's tor tortured honesty, you get masochistic self-pity rather than John's apparently idealistic martyrdom, and it dooms this record's attempt to heal those psychic wounds with calm, off-handed music. It mm. goes on to mention George's long, deteriorating voice, which oh, I don't God. hear that on this record. I mean, I hear a little I, of it, a little. Wobbly, yeah, but I mean, I not know. that. But that's bad. George to a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, it says uh, elsewhere, not even Billy Preston can rescue the funereal dirge of ba Baby Don't Run Away or the maudlin tautologies of the closing circles. It's too bad the public won't forget George Harrison was a Beatle. His musical output will undoubtedly suffer by comparison until we do. Mm. So that was one. And then a rolling one that appeared in Rolling Stone um, in that. February. Yeah, this one. Yeah, he's made a much better movie financier than musician. And Gone Troppo, Harrison's version of a Jimmy Buffett album, isn't the record that will change things. So offhand and breezy as to be utterly insubstantial. The LP is made up of throwaway ditties, instrumental fragments, and formulaic love songs. I mean, it's it's just really, you know... But I mean, at one point that he says, "Well, some of it's tolerable," which is certainly a ringing endorsement. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, before you continue, if I can just add, see, yeah. this is why this is why whenever something comes out, whether it's a movie, a book, or uh, uh, or an album that I'm really interested in, 
I will not read advanced uh, reviews anymore. I've yeah. been doing it for about 15 years now. Um, yep. If it's something that I really want to see or listen to, I do not read reviews because I don't want it to influence my decision. Right. And, and, right. and you know, and, and sometimes reviews can do that. Yep. And there are even some contemporary reviews that that um, aren't uh, too kind. I mean, in uh, all music uh, review, they said it was a it was a disaster, a half baked affair. I mean, it just I I just astounded, you know, at, at how vicious uh, uh -huh. some of these were. I really don't think it deserved it. Is it my favorite George album? No. Um, it's uneven. Um, I think, um, I think Joe, is, you said side two, uh, other than I, I like mystical one a lot and uh, mm -hmm. unknown delight is beautiful. Um, but yeah, the last three dream away has its moments. Um, I wasn't mm -hmm. quite as insane about that one, but, um, so yes, it's an uneven album, you know, not doesn't it's uneven, rank. I think. I yeah, exactly. It's uneven. Mm -hmm. Doesn't rank up there with all things must pass, but when you listen to it now, even though some of it does sound, you know, I hate to say dated, and and many more, we have so many comments going on here. We'll we'll have to uh, we'll have to go back after the show and get to uh, as many as we can if we don't get to them on air. Um, you know, I um, I I just think even though parts of it sound a little dated, um, you know, there were some gems on there, um, well, and. You know, in fact, I mean, just by by pure coincidence, last night I was watching the concert for George. They were showing it on uh, a PBS station in Indiana, and hearing "That's the Way It Goes" live, mm. you just thought, "Yeah, that's, that's a highlight." For, I love it that. Is. That's a highlight, yeah. Joe Brown. That, yeah, yeah, Joe Brown. I mean, just incredible. And you know, and I just thought that's. I wish the album had used that production on it a little bit more because I think that would have improved um, some of the songs. And also, it just shows what a great, you know, really a buried gem that that song is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, and I really love you, as you guys have been saying. That's grown on me over time. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, when I heard it, I thought, what the hell is this doing here? You know, and I mean, I love, <laughs> you know, I love my R&B, but I just thought, what, huh? You know, but, you know, it was him paying tribute to, I mean, he's talked about how much he uh, loved R&B. I mean, Pure Smokey and, you know, those yeah. kind of songs. Yeah. So you know, he was just trying to, you know, to uh, further pay tribute to these records that he kind of grew up on, you know. Right. And, I don't, and I don't mind when, you know, my, my favorite artists do that. You know, mm -hmm. it's just, I don't know, might well, not always think it's good but i think that it's that it's cool that they do pay you know homage to you know these artists that they grew up loving absolutely yeah. one of my favorite yep. of all of george's solo recordings is true love mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i love what he does cover in baltimore Oriole. i love a lot so um yeah i i like when george covered songs but yeah. the devil in the deep blue sea this killer oh version that's of that. i love yeah. that cover that yeah. is that's mm -hmm. wonderful. It really uh -huh. is. So I, you know, so it was really a mixed bag for me. I definitely wouldn't rank this as, and I think at least the three of us will. Ken, you're you're going to weigh in next, but I mm. I would say that um, no, it did not deserve the the venom that it originally uh, got. Um, I think time has been a little kinder to it, um, but I would not rank this among you know, his best. I mean, it's all things must pass three, three, 33 and a third George Harrison cloud nine, you know, yeah. I wouldn't rank it among those. Um, okay. but, but it's got some nice moments. That's for mm -hmm. sure. Okay. 
All right. Well, I can agree with some of your your points of view here, but I do think it's a, a near excellent album, in my opinion. Even though I think George is fed up with the music industry at the time, I think he right. put a sincere effort into the music itself. It's a separate thing altogether. And um, I don't hear this album as being dated because I don't even think synthesizers sound dated in, in my mind because it's part of my everyday life for that <laughs> for right. that matter. But uh, it's not like I can listen to this album and listen to 33 and a Third or George Harrison and say that Gontrapo sounds dated and the other ones don't. There's a similarity to most of George's songs. George's music has a lot of great qualities to them. Just like John, Paul and Ringo, they have great melodies. George has fantastic guitar work, impeccable slide guitar work. It continued on on this album, on Gontrapo. Um, thank you for saying, Tom, what you did about, uh, you know, not reading reviews before you, you go mm -hmm. and, and listen yeah. to an album for the first time. You know, I've said here on this show that even when it comes to new solo product here, I like to wait a month before I say anything. You know, it takes a right. while before you let an album before it, you can absorb it all, you know? There's always gonna yep. be songs that you like instantly and songs that take a while to grow, grow on you. Almost every single album, even Beatles albums were that way for me. Mm -hmm. So it takes a while before you're really familiar with every single song. And um, I like Wake Up My Love a lot. I think it's a very catchy song. Mm -hmm. Maybe because of the synthesizers, that's why it was chosen as the single. But I also mm -hmm. think at that time, I, I just think Top 40 Radio wouldn't have played the style that George had on, on his records. All those years ago was a major hit and I love the song, but it was a hit because it was a John Lennon tribute at the same time, right after John's death. Right. But um, you wouldn't have had hits like Blow Away and, and Cracker Box Palace, I feel, in the early 80s. I think that George is putting out music to please himself at the time. Right. You know, he was kind of fed up with the record company situation on Somewhere in England. There were four songs originally on what was proposed as the the original album that Warner Brothers rejected. Personally, I think the original lineup of those songs were better than what came out. So I wouldn't have agreed with what Warner Brothers felt was his strongest material. Um, and I still think that, that George put a very sincere effort into the songs. Um, Mystical One, I feel, is a real gem. I agree. You know, if there could have been a hit record from this album, and that's a big if, considering where Top 40 was at that time, I would have picked that one or possibly Dream Away. But mm. I think that the Dream, uh, Dream Away, well, actually, Mystical One is not only a great melody and great lyrics, the sly guitar work on there is absolutely stunning. There's the, mandolin uh, playing on there yeah. from Joe Brown, which yeah, really adds a lot to the song. Yeah. That's and a highlight. Herbie, Herbie Flowers on bass, too, throughout this album. Oh, he is, kills. He kills really on job. bass on this album. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, but Mystical One is great. Uh, Dream Away is extremely catchy. I remember going to Time Bandits mainly to hear that song. <laughs> just like uh, uh, Twice in a Lifetime. I went to the movie theater just to hear Paul's song at the end. You know, um, But yeah, and uh, I'm very happy that Dream Away ended up on the album. Um, I kind of disagree with the three of you in that side two I love a lot more than side one. Um, Unknown Delight, I think, is another gem, which I believe... And I've said this for years. I think the song is about Danny. 
Yes. I've read that. You know, yeah. you know, uh, pay attention to the lyrics of there. Um, right. A treasure of the world, yeah. a child watching it grow. And if you listen to the really nice guitar solo there, it starts off like the guitar solo in something. Mm. Mm-hmm. Listen very yeah, carefully heard, there. I, what, that was the song that had that, right? Because at one point, every time I kept playing it, I kept saying that I hear a little something twang in there. And I'm it. like, it was that song, right? Yeah. Right. And I'm like, yeah. Baby Don't Run Away is very different. I love the slowness of it. It's got a tremendous melody to it, somewhat gospel uh, quality to me anyway. Mm. Maybe because Billy Preston's on it, I don't know. But um, true, true. I, I love the instrumental of Grease a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really, sometimes I have trouble calling it an instrumental because George is singing words in there. Yeah, Very yeah, funny yeah, words, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. as we've discussed before, you know. Monty and that Pike reminds Kendrick. me, this, <laughs> this album really highlights George's sense of humor a, a, a lot, maybe more yeah, than before. He's got a lot of sense of humor, humor in bits and pieces here, uh-huh. I think. So yeah, I think that's... Like in- yeah, Gone Tropo, one of my favorite lyrics. It's a sun hot, you don't get a backache, brown skin, and very appealing. Yeah, very clever. Yeah. He, you know, he loves plays on words. George does that quite frequently in his solo mm-hmm. music. you got to pay attention to the lyrics. Um, yeah, and I must also say, even though the songs matter first, the production second with me all the time, the production on this album is just stunning. I mean, you hear all the instrumentation so clear, especially the percussive stuff on the title track of Gontrapo. It's yeah, wonderful. It's it really is. And like mm-hmm. I said, the mandolin, how that works in Mystical One, yes. really adds a lot to the song. Yeah, that's a highlight for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So since you mentioned it, Tom, let's talk about mm-hmm. Circles. Yeah, and your thoughts about that one? We'll get. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, hey, let's talk about it. You know, let's do it. <laughs> let's talk more. Talk about it. Yeah, yeah. you know, ever let's since do that. Um, ever since we got the Easter demos, because I've never been a bootleg person. Um, so to be honest with you, a lot of those songs, that, a lot of those Easter demos, um, when we got them for the White Album, that was the first time that I heard a lot of them. Mm. Um, just because I just, you know really don't do bootlegs but anyways i i really dug the the organ playing on that on that version and how you know how you know out it is and i just kind of and because i enjoyed that so much you know the organ is there on the song on the you know for gone travel but it's kind of like pushed to the Push to the side a little bit. You hear it, but it's not as you know predominant as as you know circles because that's all it pretty much was was the vocals and the organ, you know for mm-hmm. the most part, mm-hmm. on the Easter demos. And um, I, I maybe I just think that it's it's maybe it's just too slow. I, I you know I still need to spend some more time with it. Maybe over over years, I'll you know my my opinion on it will change like it a lot of songs has over the years, you know, mm-hmm. but. Um, but I, I just think I kind of prefer that eeriness of of because it just you know, sounds eerie to me on the Easter demos, and I kind of kind of get into that, you know, okay. rather than this more with the more instrumentation on the uh, on the finished product of Gone Tropo. Um, I think I heard read somewhere too that he that he was going to work that he was working on this for the either the George Harrison album or the or somewhere in England as well, but he just didn't wasn't happy with. Uh, you know, with uh, the finished product at the time. Okay. I will definitely say that the demo has a very eerie quality to it that Mm -hmm. the the studio version does not have. 
Right. You may prefer mm -hmm. it for that reason, but right. I'll give my opinion in a few moments. Joe, how about I mean, you? Uh, I'm sorry, did you say me? Yes. For, for me, uh, even uh, even allowing for its Beatles origins, which was supposed – I know I'm supposed to really probably love Circles. Um, I will say that I like it better than I had or, or dislike it less. You know, I just find it kind of boring and dull, although I love the words more than the, the arrangement, I think. I mean, what is it? He who speaks does not know, and he who does not know right. does not speak. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. that wordplay. I love that. Um, but, I, you know, so I'm listening to this album again and again, you know, preparation. And then I say, well, just because something sounds kind of dreary and kind of like slow and on the dull side, that can also enhance the song. It can also That's be what true. he's going for. could be right. the whole feeling. It's supposed to be kind of like, you know, kind of cloudy and otherworldly or something like that with those lyrics also included, with, you know, accompanying them. That kind of feel that's kind of like a you know, dreary thing. Mm. So in that case, you'd say, well, it, would, it enhances the song. Mm. Um, but it's never been, been a favorite of mine. It's still probably my least track on the album now i think i can appreciate it more uh as time goes on with that attitude about it and, and that's not I don't, I don't mean forcing myself if i don't like a song i do not like a song and that's it you know i mean i'll mm -hmm. listen again and again but if some if a song has something to it that makes me think hmm, you know there's something hiding there that i kind of can get into you know it can be appealing to me for another reason so um I think I like right now the lyrics better, what he was going for, uh, as opposed to the music. But we'll see what the future holds in the next time we do this on the show. This album. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and that's that. Yeah. Uh, Kit, your thoughts on Circles? You know, I, I, just, I was just thinking about this today that... I, I just go back and forth on this track. I just, it's one of those, I can't, and I'm not saying this to, to be wishy-washy, but really, I, I just cannot decide whether I like it or not. Because on the one hand, I, I agree, Joe, I think the lyrics are interesting, um, you know, reincarnation and what goes around comes around. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting thoughts. I also like, you know, the time it represents, um, you know, about 1968, um, you know, when he was going through transcendental meditation and so forth. And so, you know, you can hear it in, in the song. So I like it for that. Um, on the other hand, I, I just feel like at times the, the, I'm kind of just sort of meanders and, and I don't feel it really, you know, goes, in a, in a particular direction. And I'm not saying every single song has to have a neat beginning, middle, end. But this one, it, it just kind of goes on and on. Maybe that was his interpret, you know, maybe that's what he wanted. Maybe he wanted mm, to say, well, it goes on and on. Maybe that was it. So, hey, you know, there you go. But, but uh, you know, for listening to it, it just, you know, after a while, I just kind of thought, okay, let's have a bridge. Let's, you know, but, um, Billy Preston's organ and piano, mm -hmm. I mean, wow. I, I yeah. mean, you know, and, and full disclosure, I'm a big Billy Preston fan. I think what? anything he's on makes it like 100% better, you know, so so full disclosure. But I would agree there. Yep, absolutely. I, I think I do like 
I, I mean, I agree, Tom, that I like that demo because it, it did have this very eerie feeling. And uh, mm. Tom Green likened it a little bit to Blue Jay Way, which is yeah. a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I can yeah. I can kind of see yeah. that. Um, yeah. Absolutely. But Billy Preston with with, you know, his presence, I mean, it becomes this deeply spiritual gospel almost kind of thing, which yep. is which is really interesting. You know, and so I mean I really <laughs> stuck through the song for him because I just I was just so knocked out by his playing. So um and yes I agree Matthew Smith Billy Preston is badass. Yes he is. So uh <laughs> I completely agree. So you know I just go back and forth. Like I I just I want to like it more. Um it because it does have interesting elements to it. But, you know, it just doesn't go anywhere for me. So. Okay. Mm. Well, here's where I disagree with all three of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. Okay. I absolutely devour Circles. Wow. And um, I do like the demo a lot. And it does have that eerie quality when it's just one guy and either a guitar or a piano or an organ. Mm -hmm. There's there's a more more of an intimacy that way. But at the same time, Circles wasn't fully developed as a song lyrically back right. then. And just like I'm so glad that George reworked Not Guilty. And I think yeah. his version on the George Harrison album is far superior to me than the Beatles version. What he did with Circles was much better than the demo for circles. And I do like his philosophical side a lot. You know, the, he who knows does not speak. It's no different than, um, it's all too much. The more I learn, the less I know. Yeah. It's the same yeah. kind of thing with opposites oh, in there. Yeah. We, we just had a comment, did you see from Ed Chen saying that, that, yeah. that, uh, quote came actually came from, I, I don't see the name anymore. Who it was that? Uh, uh, let me let me get it back. Hang on, hang on. Because that's it's, the line that I really like. <laughs> there it is. Here we go. Yep. Uh, yeah. He who knows does not speak. He who speaks does not know. Right. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Thank you, Ed. Yeah, Good but, thank you. But, thank you for ruining the song for me. No, I'm, only, I'm only playing with you. I'm only playing, Ed. <laughs> the, the song is all about, you know, like you were saying, what goes around comes around, the uncertainties in life. You know, um, dislike someone and will not bend. Later they may become your best friend. Haven't we all experienced something like that with friends of ours? You know, oh, all the time online. That, that we can all relate to. I love the philosophical side of George. And sometimes he comes across as being preachy, but he's being honest. <laughs> and that's what I love about it. I love the slide guitar work in it. And with Billy Preston on board playing the organ, it has more of a spiritual side to him, which is what George was looking for there. Right. So I think it was masterfully done. It's a beautiful melody there. I love the whole message of Circles. It has become, uh, you know, one of my top favorite solo of George's mm -hmm. solo songs even though it was originally for, for the Beatles. Yeah. I, I love the fact oh. that, that he, re, that from time to time that he'll, he'll revisit a song from his past, you know, kind of like you, or, you know, as we said, circles and, and, uh, and, and not, guilty. Out, not guilty. Yeah. 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 yeah well, the woman, don't you cry for me. Right. right. It was yeah. an old song, you know, yeah. it was from all things must pass period, I think. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then he puts it on 33 and a third. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's one thing we should do a show on that. I've done yeah. something on, on every little thing. I do something called holdovers. 
Yeah. You know, so songs that were worked on early and then came out a year or two later, or even right. more than that. Right. We, oh, yeah. We, uh, plenty of those songs. Beautiful Girl. Wasn't Beautiful Girl another yep. one? Yep. Yeah. That's from like 69. Yeah. Or, so, yeah, I think yeah. that was worked on during the Get Back sessions, actually. I think that's and, a uh, yeah, last show we talked about Cosmically Conscious. That's mm -hmm. an old song yes. from oh, I love 68, it. <laughs> you know, yeah. from Paul in India. So, yeah, but I would definitely say, and this is where I agree with, with the three of you, we all have our favorite George Harrison albums, and everybody has their favorites and their least favorites. And, you know, for me, Living in the Material World is the greatest album from any artist. Mm -hmm. You know, I love the spiritual side of George, most of all. And then All Things Must Pass, I love 33 to 3rd, George Harrison, Contrapo, and I think Brainwash was a great album. Mm-hmm. And then the lower tier for me would be Dark Horse and Extra Texture and Somewhere in England. But I think in the middle, sandwiched in there, would be Gontrapo, which I think is better than those other three for me. Okay. Talking about yeah. albums from All Things Must Pass On. Right. So before we continue, I just want to say, since I bring up my website here on the show and every single week there's Beatles trivia, um, those of you who are watching the show right now or watching later on this week or listening, you will be at an advantage for this <laughs> week's trivia. Ooh. So hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> if you check my website at 10 o'clock, then yeah. uh, you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay? Okay. okay. So, all right. Um, Hope you're all taking notes. There'll <laughs> <laughs> be a quiz later. <laughs> all right. So I, I'd, um, like to, uh, I'd like to say, you know, just give a shout out to – you know, we, we talked about Billy Preston, too, but on the song Dream Away, you know, with Billy Preston and his uh, partner at the time, uh, Sarita, if that's how you pronounce yes. her name. Yeah, Sarita Wright. Yeah, um, I, I love her backing vocals on that song. And, and the song that, you know, that her, that she and Billy Preston did, you know, you know, with you, I'm, I'm Born Again. Born Again. It's, it's, right. it's an amazing song. And and plus she was, you know, married to Stevie Wonder and, and they did this wonderful uh, um, a cover of She's Leaving Home. I think it's great. It's on YouTube if you want to check it out. So it, it's I think it's a really cool cover. Does, yeah. does she also sing on "Baby Don't Run Away"? Who's who? The female That's is Rodina Sloan. Yeah, Sloan. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sloan. Yeah. Um, but she also co-wrote some of uh, Stevie Wonder's earlier. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, if yeah. you really love me and "Signed Sealed mm -hmm. Delivered," talented Indeed. lady who uh, unfortunately passed away a while ago. But Sarita yeah. on the yeah. album there. Yeah. All right. So why don't we wrap things up and give everybody our contact information and let us know. Uh, what projects we're all working on. Let's start this time with Joe. Well, uh, my channel, as always, is Mean Mr. Mayo, and I do everything from Beatles reviews to talking about new Beatles finds to going hunting at record stores to making videos when I'm really uh, annoyed about something and, uh, you know, rants <laughs> here and there. And uh, I just did a video, a couple of videos away now, I guess, a couple down the line, uh, trying a new series that I'm calling. I'm trying to think of the right name for it. I decided to call it, uh, for now, uh, Raw Beetle Grooves. And that's just basically uh, talking about records that are unusual, unofficial records. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. the ones that uh, Tom Hunyadi doesn't really do. So, but, uh, <laughs> I guess, so I, I guess you could skip over that. This, this won't be your skip jam, Tom. Well, <laughs> you, you, you never know. I mean, that could help me get into bootlegs more. You never know. You know. Well, these days they're mostly, uh, I think, for collectability. Yeah. You know, very mm -hmm. few of them anymore. Yeah, and for for nostalgia for anybody that might have 
you know, been there at the time, uh, because so much of it has been thankfully released. Some of it's still not. So uh, mm-hmm. there's just a little bit of both still. Gotcha. All right. Okay. Tom, right. how about you? Well, thank you, Ken. Uh, and speaking of bootleg, I'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, um, uh, my co-host, Sandy, and I, we just uh, posted last week our latest episode where we talk about the upcoming uh, archive release of Flaming Pie, um, what we would like to see on it. We just talk about the history a little bit. And uh, we had a little fun, you know, speculating what, what could be on it. You never know. There's a lot of stuff. He worked on a lot of stuff during that period. Mm. And um, it'd be cool if we got something like, you know, the Battle of Skeletons on it or, you know, just some really, you know, some fun stuff on there. Tropical Hum, I think, was uh, around that time, too. So it'd be cool if, you know, things were like that were on there as well um you can reach out us reach out to us on two legs podcast at gmail.com uh we're on twitter and uh, instagram at two legs podcast mm-hmm. um i did uh, just book two people that i'm really uh excited to have on the show one is a returning guest and uh ken you know him all too well he's going to be on to for part two of our look at the classical work of paul mccartney and we're going to talk uh-huh. about standing stone and it is the one and only alan cozen and speaking of bootlegs, <laughs> um, I just booked. Uh, I wasn't. I, booked, uh, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, I just booked Robert Rodriguez, and we're going to do the history of cold cuts, and we're going to talk about uh, you know the incarnations of you know the history of that, and you know the bootlegs uh, versions that have come out over the years of 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 on um, you know cold cuts. So that's what's very going on nice right now. Nice. My yeah. favorite bootleg of all. Cold cuts. Cool. Yeah, Me too. Five, I've got five different CDs uh, of those. So, yeah, so yes, I do have a few, but it's, you know, something uh-huh. that I don't. <laughs> out, Speaking know. of bootlegs yeah. that shouldn't be yeah. bootlegs anymore and that should now exactly. be passe and things right. that should be released nicely, yeah. Paul, in a beautiful set, <laughs> comprehensive yep. well, set. Yeah. Most of those songs. Archives are no archives. Yeah. Still put them out There's in the big school together. Few that haven't been released, and they're mainly in that uh, London town, uh, back to the egg uh, era. Right, Water Spout, Cage, Cage, those songs. Yeah, yeah. Robber's Ball. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So we shall see if that will yeah. come out in the near future. Yeah. And Kit, how about you? Well, um, I am currently, and I and I think one of our friends is uh, on uh, on right now. Um, I was a guest on uh, Bob Wilson and Warren Brown's podcast, uh, Tomorrow Never Knows, and it was kind of a last minute thing, but we had a great time uh, talking about let it be and you know how it is as an album, um, how you know what we would like to see in the hopefully you know the the box set that'll be coming out later and we kind of went into all different directions with it all having to do with let it be a lot of fun if you go over to their uh youtube channel you can uh, find it uh there i'll put a link uh in the description later and uh so you can check that out uh i'm also going to be doing uh my my own little uh my little uh, show, uh, my video cast, um, this Thursday at 6.30 Eastern, where I'll be giving more updates. And uh, also, you know, we always have an interesting discussion. So uh, so just go over to my personal Facebook page for that. Um, and uh, I will also be returning soon with Deep Beatles and Deep Soul. So, um, you know, lots and uh, pretty soon, uh, hopefully, 
sometime in the next month or so, we will have some very exciting news to share with you guys about the Fest for Beatles fans. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So just a little teaser. (laughs) And of course, you can find me at kiddotool.com or look me up on Facebook and, uh, and Twitter. Okay. And why don't you give out contact information for us at this show, Kit? Absolutely. You can find us, uh, of course, on YouTube, um, on our channel. We have a Facebook page as well, which you're on right now if you're watching it live, so you know where that is. Um, We're on Twitter at TalkMoreTalk1, the number one. Um, And you can email us at uh, TalkMoreSoloTalk at gmail.com if you have ideas for future topics you'd like us to cover. And a couple of very nice people here said they really like when we do these lesser-known album shows. So let us know what, what would you like us to cover? And uh, so, uh, yeah, I think that's everything. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And if there are albums that you're just learning about now through us, mm-hmm. then send us your comments later on. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Send, us, send us, you know, email, message us during the show. You know, we'd love to hear from all of you. And we all, we all respond to you, even maybe not during the show sometimes, but after the show, we write back. Yes, yep. we read so, all the comments. Mm-hmm. Yes. Since you mon- uh, mentioned that uh, podcast, Tomorrow Never Knows, I was also a guest on yes, their show. Sure. So <laughs> if you look at their YouTube page, you and I are back to back. We're invading <laughs> Tomorrow Never Knows. So uh, <laughs> check them out, Tomorrow Never Knows, on YouTube with uh, Warren Brown and Bob Wilson. Really good show. I go through um, this March will make 38 years since I started doing Beatles shows. So I go through my history and talk about a whole range of things on the Beatles. So that's there. And then you've got Kit on the show talking about Let It Be. Um, Also, this coming Wednesday night on the live version of my show, Every Little Thing, um, you're not going to find this anywhere else. For one hour, I'm going to be doing music of the last 10 years. So the last decade. So, you know, songs from Ringo's five studio albums. Paul had three albums, new albums. Don't know if we'll be able to get into all the archive McCartney because we got to do archive Beatles, too. Yeah. Uh And uh, from the Imagine box set, the signature box set from John. uh, Early early takes. Yeah. Early takes was 2013. So it's a full hour of that. So if you're not familiar with uh, the recent stuff of the last 10 years, Tune into the show, WNHU.org, this Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, and uh, that's Eastern Standard Time. Also, there'll be a new Things We Said Today show uh, probably this Thursday. That's with Alan Cozen and Darren DeVivo. will be talking about Beatles compilations that have come out through the years. And on my website, KenMichaelsRadio.com, as I mentioned, there'll be a question that that's uh, in some way related to what we're talking about tonight. Um, and right after the show is over, it's going to be posted, but this is a new prizes, a new prize that I'm giving away tonight. This is the new oh. weekly CD. Oh, uh, nice. Three. And, uh, you know, these guys, Glenn Burtnick is in the band, John Rajavi. They're both in Liverpool, the house band at the fest for Beatle fans. And, uh, this is their third album. They have recorded albums, uh, where it's in the past, it was half original songs uh, done in the style of early Beatles. And then they also did rare Beatles songs that they covered and songs that they wrote and gave to other people. But this new album is almost all original songs, but they do cover Baby You're a Rich Man on here. And they also cover Friday on My Mind, the rock classic with Peter Noon 
handling the lead vocals on there. Wow. So it's pretty Have you cool. listened to all of it? Have you listened yeah, to all of it? I like oh, okay. it. Dynamite tracks. Good car cool. listening right there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so you could win that along with, uh, you know, Ken Womack's new book, Solid State, Kids' book, Songs Who Were Singing, Peter Asher's book. It's all there on my website, kenmichaelsradio.com. Go to Beatles Trivia and Games page. Just click that on and there'll be a trivia question. Like I said, it has something to do with what we're discussing tonight. All right. So this has been great. Thanks to all of you for watching. Thanks to all of your support and to all of you that listen or watch later in the week. Okay. And so I say, yeah. Rest in peace, Neil Peart. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And Bobby Parker. Bobby Parker. Barefoot. Just passed away. Baby, don't run away from (laughs) me. Baby, don't go. <laughs> if you want to try to appreciate George's album, you might want to listen to the album itself. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, that wasn't it. <laughs> the MP3, uh, the MP3 oh, will yeah. be available on iTunes later yeah. tonight. Okay. <laughs> so if you can check out the album, grab a pina colada. Yeah, and go Trapo. Gone Trapo. Yes, That's it's right. time you know we've gone Trapo. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, for Tom Hunyadi, Mean Mr. Mayo, I'm Kiddo Tool. I'm Ken Michael saying thanks for watching and listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Peace and love. Bye. Bye.